this is the first podcast of the series the special needs children podcast with chitra ayer references to a child as him or her in the podcast are meant to be gender neutral chitra ayer is a parent of a 21 year old shravan ayer who has epilepsy cerebral palsy and autism she is the ceo of mfa and has been helping families with financial planning she is also a trustee of the parent support group the forum for autism which was set up almost 2 decades ago mfa is a 15 year old wealth management company which has set up a special practice to help in the financial planning for families of children with disabilities this podcast intends to reach out to more families in need of financial planning the thoughts shared here are a result of discussions with parents caregivers siblings and professionals regarding the financial planning of a person with special needs hi i'm chitra here parent to a 21 year old with cerebral palsy epilepsy and autism i'm also a trustee of a parent support group called forum for autism that we parents set up two decades ago since then i have interacted with thousands of families of children with special needs at mfa we started consciously helping in the financial planning for families of children with disabilities as my family was the first one to experience and understand how important financial planning is especially in our case we planned on this podcast to share with you these discussions i have been having with parents caregivers siblings grandparents neighbors friends on what goes on in their mind when it comes to the finances of a person with special needs i have been with mfa for 15 years now and have been interacting with hundreds of families who reached out to us for their financial planning then i started my talks and writing for the family to understand and make sense of all the issues that they need to think through about money This is the first podcast in this series and I hope it helps you start thinking. And if you already have, then take some concrete steps for the benefit of your child and your family. The first question out of the top 5 ones that any special needs parent wants to know today is how do I provide for my child's financial future? This question gets manifested in parents and caregivers minds in many ways. I have been asked how will my child be able to access money for her needs after me will my spouse and child know how to use the money we have saved will the money we saved be enough for our child will we run out of money then where will we go will the government look after the financial needs of my child what if one of us passes away will the other one be able to manage the money properly what if both of us pass away then what all of these are very valid and very very nerve wracking questions this fear of what will happen to my child in terms of money stems from the simple knowledge of i am not going to be alive for as long as my child will be one day i will die either tomorrow or in the distant future i don't know when then how will she live and i won't be around to provide her with all that she will need there are five best ways to think and figure solutions for this question 
Hope you find my attempt to answer of value to you. The first one is to talk to your spouse. Speaking to your spouse about what you both imagine and want your child's future to be, uh, how much your child would get better at being independent and taking decisions, how much your child can succeed and achieve despite the challenges due to her disability, will set a vision for you on what you feel you can achieve for how independent or not she will be. What will she be capable of doing and how you want her to be able to live is a good starting point to begin with. Discussing all the happy and sad events that could unfold for her and you, all the possible situations that you would experience is an extremely emotional but a practical and a good exercise. I advise all my clients that if the couple don't discuss the deepest fears openly with each other, the one who is left alone cannot take decisions on their own usually. Especially if couples are used to the man only taking decisions or both always taking joint decisions, if the woman is left alone, then invariably someone else lands up taking decisions on your behalf and you have to just go with the flow. One young mother had to go with this decision of relocating from the city to her parents' place as the husband died of a heart attack all of a sudden and she just couldn't take the decision to stay on where the child had settled very well with his schooling and therapies. This impacted the child and the mother in a big way. Second, please talk things out with your family members. They are the most important people on your team. After having experienced your child growing up through the initial struggles of diagnosis and acceptance, then figuring out what is the best schooling, therapies required, skill building, medication, alternate medication, teaching daily life skills, vocational training, as she grows up and eventually finding a place to work either in a corporate or business environment or in a sheltered workshop, they have seen how much you have gone through. Family members who are involved and truly care are the first ones who will step in to discuss and offer solutions. You will need to think about the child's sibling, their direction in life, their commitment to their sister or brother, what is possible for them given their own life goals and hence hear them out when they want to take responsibility or not. We have so many families where the sibling is abroad, has a wonderful career ahead of them, have settled down in another state or country and will have to struggle with multiple issues if they want to take up the responsibility of a disabled sibling or cousin. In India, we have to consider the opinions of many more if you are part of a joint family, as they have pitched in in the growth of your special needs child and may have a great solution for you. We of course have to be lucky to find family that is understanding and supportive and wishes to contribute in the future planning of our special needs child. Many a parents have had to face a lot of backlash and undue pressure due to lack of society understanding their plight and the rights of children or adults with disability. Parents will need to state the needs of their child and figure what is best for her to last her entire lifetime. As the African saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child. But with a special needs child, you need an inclusive village, maybe a global village. It cannot be done by a parent alone.
Thirdly, please talk to friends, caregivers, neighbors, doctors, therapists, everyone who is involved in your child's life. Other special needs parents who are part of your support group or circle will be willing to share their story and lend you a kind ear to listen to your story also. Their experience can help you in taking certain decisions for your child and yourself. These discussions will give you confidence to plan for your future. A lot of friends are willing to help. They know you well. As your colleagues understand your challenges too, so can help in thinking through as to where you're headed in the future for your child. Listen to them. Share your deepest fears with those who you are comfortable with. Ask about their thoughts for your child's future, your future. Fourthly, these discussions need to cover what will your child be capable of as she ages. Will the disability get worse or will it improve and help in the quality of life for her? Estimation of how the child will be comfortable doing what and living where is a real big question that needs to be thought about at every stage of the child's life. There could be so many changes that may happen in your life, right from changing a job, changing location, losing a loved one at home perhaps, maybe a divorce, losing a spouse to an illness or a sudden accident. All these can impact the child's life very adversely, throwing the child and your life completely out of gear. Usually, younger parents do not think of planning till the later stages of their life, though focus is completely on getting the right schooling and appropriate intervention for the child early on, spending on everything that you may feel will work for your child. Hence, future planning takes a backseat. Expenses are known to be huge on various interventions and treatments. And if you have a second child or more than one child, the possibility to save can be virtually nil. Lastly, once these discussions are done and you have asked all the questions you want to, you will need to start figuring out how much do you exactly need for your child's financial future. Remember, you can keep on worrying about the future. But what is the absolute need of the hour is to actually get down to plan how you are going to do all of this. Those who worry will always find new things to worry about. And it can be endless. There is no stopping you from self-pity for your situation except yourself. You have to start putting a plan in place with a person who can handhold you and take you through this process of financial planning as soon as possible. And according to me, that should be your yesterday or the day before. You need to start financial planning for your special needs child as soon as you realize you are in a unique situation versus everyone else. Remember, you have to plan for two lifespans. One is yours and the second is the entire life of your child. There is a fair amount of calculation that needs to be done to work out the same. You need to think through the financial aspects and a lot of legal documentation that needs to be put in place as for the laws of our land. Let us understand them. The steps to help you in financial planning for your special needs child are First, to estimate what would be the monthly need in terms of expenses for your child assuming she is living alone, that is, either with you or in an institution. Say rupees 30,000 per month. 
Second, is when do you want this money to be made available on a monthly basis to your child? Say at your age of 60, that is when you would retire? Third, is how many years do you want to plan this amount to be available to your child for? Maybe till she turns 80 years of age? Let us dig a little deeper to understand this better. Today's monthly expenses for your child may be for a schooling, therapies, travel, medication, entertainment, etc. You do not factor in the cost of food, clothing and shelter separately as you are all living together as a family. Current financial expenses for the child can help estimate monies needed till the child lives with the parents. Parents will need to decide where the child will live after them. This will only help estimate the finances needed for the child's lifelong expenses. But you are planning for the future, when she may have to live alone. Where will she live? And how will she live will also be planned by you and your spouse. Based on this, you will have to estimate that her monthly expenses will be so much. Let me help you here. If a child were to live in the comfort of a home where she has always lived, then you can easily estimate the cost as it's a sum of food, shelter, clothing, medical needs, society maintenance charges and such other needs of the place that she would stay in. If she were to go to live in an institution that you have identified for her, you would know that roughly in today's money terms it costs 30,000 rupees per month for everything that would be provided for her there to keep her safe and actively occupied. You may also want to provide some money for a holiday or special days for her. A lot of adults who are following a vocation or are employed will be earning money themselves, contributing to their own finances. Some adults who are independent and can have relationships may find life partners and hence would live earlier on in their own houses without their parents. Coming to the second data point, when do you want this money to come in for your child? If you are an earning member of the family, you would like to plan for this goal on your retirement. Basically, you would like a pension or payout of income to yourself, including your child, from your invested money to substitute the inflow of money coming from your salary or any other professional income that you were drawing as part of active work that you were engaged in. Planning the actual flow of money around this age of stopping of income will help clearly put down how much do you need for the daily household expenses and how much do you need separately for your child's lifestyle maintenance. That said, when we as a parent support group went about visiting some institutions in and around Maharashtra, we saw how most of them were not fully occupied as parents did not want to leave the children when they were alive and well in these places. They wanted to keep the children with them as long as they could and move them only when they were physically incapable of managing them at home or there was some such other issue. I have met very few parents who have actually thought that their adult children would like to live in an environment surrounded by their peers, be independent, see how the adults settled in while they went on with their lives, like any other child on becoming an adult would have moved out of the house to become independent by the age of 25, which is much, much later than in the US. Now, the third point, how long should we plan for the money to come to the adult for? We usually estimate a full life expectancy for the disabled child for calculations in financial planning for providing a good life. 
some disabilities will have an impact on longevity which is not very accurate not easy to estimate though so you need to figure out i need to plan for so many years of her life let's take an example if i retire at 60 my son will be 30 years old then i will need to plan for his expenses from his age of 30 till his age of 80 that is 50 years more of his life i'm surely not going to be alive for 50 years after i hit 60 so i may live for 10 or more years of this 50 years of his life but i will definitely not be there for some portion of his life for which i am planning today when i am alive based on this clarity of how much money is needed from when and for how long we work on the math to figure out how much money needs to be kept ready at our age of 60 so that the payout can begin for your child once this corpus figure is known then we can decide how much needs to be invested preferably starting early on in life to help build the same we also have to factor in inflation that will step in and raise the expenses over the 50 year period apart from these goals of your retirement and your child's life long living expenses we will need to think about expenses related to her health and administration which i will cover in another podcast of course goals of all other family members have to be listed out and you will need to start setting aside money for all these needs remember these needs are going to come up in life and you will need money for each of them at various points in life only if you start early on when you are earning however small it is the corpus can get built up for everything needed for all of you financial planning is the exercise where you will be guided to list all these goals for your family put the amount needed next to each goal and the time frame to put down when you actually will need the money get started with doing this immediately for your family you were listening to the first of the series special needs children podcast with chitra ayer the ceo of mfa and a trustee with the forum for autism if you find this podcast relevant and interesting it will be great if you leave a review share like and subscribe you could also let us know if there is any specific topic you would like us to cover feel free to email her on chitra.ir at myfinad.com that is chitra.iyer at the rate myfinad.com or you can call her on 9833785892 that is 9833785892